Cerebral is an online mental health service that offers prescription medication, counseling, and therapy for anxiety, depression, ADHD, insomnia, and more. Cerebral is one of the few services that provides prescription medication online through a licensed provider and ships medication straight to your door. You can schedule sessions based on what's most convenient for you, and you don't have to wait weeks to be seen. And BuzzFeed Daily listeners can receive 65% off your first month of medication management and care counseling at Cerebral.com slash BuzzFeed. Go to Cerebral.com slash BuzzFeed for 65% off your first month. Join Cerebral today on their mission to make quality mental health care accessible and affordable for all. NFL fans, nothing compares to being there live. What a play! Now the crowd is alive. And the NFL's biggest season ever is now ready for the postseason. It's playoff time. We got to win. NFL playoff tickets are on sale now. Don't miss your chance to be a part of the postseason action on the road to Super Bowl 56. Visit NFL.com slash tickets for a complete listing of games. That's NFL.com slash tickets. What's up, guys? I'm Rashad Bilal. And I am Troy Millings, and we are the hosts of the Earn Your Leisure podcast, where we break down business models and examine the latest trends in finance. We hold court and have exclusive interviews with some of the biggest names in business, sport and entertainment, from DJ Khaled to Mark Cuban, Rick Ross, and Shaquille O'Neal. I mean, our alumni list is expansive. Listen in as our guests reveal their business models, hardships, and triumphs in their respective fields. The knowledge is in-depth, and the questions are always delivered from your standpoint. We want to know what you want to know. We talk to the legends of business, sports, and entertainment about how they got their start, and most importantly, how they make their money. Earn Your Leisure is a college business class mixed with pop culture. Want to learn about the real estate game? Unclear as how the stock market works? We got you. Interested in starting a trucking company or a vending machine business? Not really sure about how taxes or credit work? We got it all covered. The Earn Your Leisure podcast is available now. Listen to Earn Your Leisure on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. John Mulaney is reportedly dating Olivia Munn. A Florida woman was arrested for trying to up her Instagram following by breaking into a high school. And we're talking with journalist Whitney Bauck about the rise of evangelical Christian TikTok. It's May 14th, 2021. Hello, friends. I'm Stephen LeConte. And I'm Alan Haberchak, filling in for Casey Rackham. Welcome to BuzzFeed Daily. So Casey's out today, but we are very lucky to have our fabulous producer, Alan. You are an integral part of our recording every day, and I'm just so happy you're pinch hitting for Casey today. I am so excited to be on the show and to get to be on this side of the mic. Yes, it's fun on this side, I promise. So we're starting off with the fact that reportedly comedian John Mulaney is now dating actor Olivia Munn. Neither party has confirmed this report, which comes from page six, which also just three days ago reported that Mulaney and his wife, Anna-Marie Tendler, were getting a divorce, something Mulaney requested three months ago. Mulaney recently completed 60 days in a rehab facility, and this week has been performing stand-up sets at City Winery in Manhattan, where he's made jokes about his rehab and his recovery. Yeah, so, you know, I know people on Twitter have a lot of mixed reactions, I think, People were just really attached to John and his wife as a couple. But, you know, I will say he's going through a very difficult time right now, and he's clearly taking steps to make himself like a happier and healthier person. And I think that's great. Yeah, I definitely saw a tweet yesterday that was something like, 
all of America needs to realize that these two people, John Mulaney and Anne-Marie Tendler, are not your mom and dad. So right. they have their own lives. They're living them. And, you know, just like the rest of us, trying to figure it out as best they can. Yes, absolutely. Meanwhile, uh, a 28-year-old woman in Florida was arrested this week after sneaking into a local high school to promote her own Instagram account. So the woman, Audrey Nicole Franceschini, was charged Monday with burglary, educational institution interference, and resisting an officer after she entered American Senior High School in Hialeah, Florida, about 11 miles northwest of Miami. So according to the arrest report, Franceschini was able to walk into the school right through the front door because she was carrying a book bag and a skateboard to blend in with the students. Once she was inside, she handed out pamphlets with her Instagram handle on them and asked that students follow her. She was caught because police found her roaming the hallways while classes were in session, and they were able to identify her by, you guessed it, her Instagram account. Okay, Alan, I have to admit, I'm like so obsessed with this story. And look, I'm not telling any of our listeners to do this. You should absolutely not sneak into a high school. However, I kind of respect the hustle. I also want to know if it worked. Right. Like, I'm just picturing in my head that meme of Steve Buscemi with, like, a backwards hat and a skateboard over his shoulder just being like, how do you do, fellow kids? Like, did any of these teens actually buy this? Or were they were like, whose mom is here and why is she trying to get us to follow her on Insta? No, and it honestly is incredible that the actual report says that she walked in with a skateboard because that is the literal Steve Buscemi meme. Uh, I mean, <laughs> look, it, it, it's not the most imaginative picture of what a Gen Zer looks like, but I'll say this. Instagram followers, especially real ones, are hard to come by. And, you know, a lot of people will buy them and they're all bots. At least she was trying to get real people to follow her, you know? She was organically out there in the real world trying to do her best. Probably not good to involve minors, but, you know, you do what you can. Yes, you do what you can. So we talk a lot about TikTok on this podcast, from problematic influencers to dangerous trends. There's always something new to dissect. And today it's actually faith. Evangelical TikTok is very much a thing. In fact, it's thriving at a time when fewer and fewer Americans are identifying themselves as Christians. So what's up with this surge in popularity? What's behind it? Today, we're talking with journalist Whitney Bauck, who wrote the piece The Rise of Christian TikTok, published in Bustle earlier this month. Hey, Whitney. Hey, how's it going? Great. So at a time when fewer Americans and especially teens are identifying as Christian, we've seen faith showing some growing popularity on TikTok. So let's start here. What even is Christian TikTok? Like who's making these TikToks and what do they usually look like? So it depends a lot on how you define Christian TikTok. And in the sort of research that I've done on it, I've been focusing specifically on evangelical TikTok because it's a sort of group of Christians who are really concerned with sharing their faith. That's one of the sort of core um, ideas in evangelicalism, but there's also sort of progressive Christian TikTok. There's ex-evangelical TikTok, which is people who are sort of coming from an evangelical background, but deconstructing their faith. And so there's a lot of different sort of threads that you can follow once you start pulling. And just what does that look like? You know, a normal TikTok is dances or challenges. Like what's an evangelical or a Christian TikTok usually look like? 
Yeah. So a lot of it is evangelical teens talking about their faith and there's a whole range. There are some who um, will sort of do a much more in-depth theological side of things. They'll be explaining eschatology and sort of different ideas about the end of the world. Others will do things. They'll, they'll be like, hey, stop scrolling. I want to pray for you. And they'll sort of pray into the camera. There are others who will sort of share about their own experiences, their own experiences of faith. So there's a lot of different ways that it looks like, just as there's sort of a really wide range of what evangelical Christianity looks like in America. So why do you think we are seeing this content find such a strong foothold on TikTok? Like social media has been around for a while. We haven't seen this phenomenon on a Facebook or a Twitter or an Instagram. So why is TikTok such an ideal platform for religious messages? I actually think it's not so much that these communities haven't found their space on other social media platforms, but just that communities outside of them are less likely to see them. So because of the way that TikTok works, you're just much more likely to be exposed to kinds of content that you might not have chosen to follow. So on Instagram, you know, you're sort of choosing curating, this is who I want to follow. This is the kind of content I want to see. And part of what makes TikTok work is that it brings a lot of things into your feed that it's like, I don't know if you're going to like this, but that's one of the appeals is that it exposes you to a more diverse range of content. And I think that's one of the things that's really happened is that, you know, there's, there are Christian communities on Instagram and on Facebook and on Reddit and on all of these other things. But on TikTok, it's people outside of that community sort of seeing how vibrant that community is for the first time. And that feeds the growth of Christian TikTok because, again, part of the goal for people in this community is to reach those outside their community. And so it's really motivating for them to keep making the kinds of content that they'll hope will reach people who don't believe the same things as them. When is there also something about TikTok where you'll tend to watch something in your FYP if you don't understand it or if you haven't seen it before, and then the algorithm feeds you more of that. So like somebody who might not be a Christian or be familiar with it could see that and end up seeing more of it because they've been like, well, wait, what is this? Yeah, totally. And I think for a lot of um, folks, especially who, you know, again, aren't from those communities, it is really fascinating to realize like, you know, there are people who believe this about the sort of the supernatural or about, you know, demonic forces influencing American politics or whatever the case may be. You know, there's a range of things from the from the like really in-depth to the, you know, sort of more surface level. And if you haven't encountered it before, it can be really fascinating to learn about other worldviews this way. Got it. All right. We're going to talk more about Christian TikTok after the break. It. We're tired of hearing new year, new you, fat burning secrets, and lose weight fast. The only thing you need to lose is self-doubt. The body you're in deserves respect, love, and support. Support you're not getting from your current sports bra. It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market. It's time to feel real support from SheFit. Save $10 today at SheFit.com slash 2022. The NFL playoffs are here and the Super Bowl is right around the corner. You can follow the action like a fan or you can prep like a scout if you listen to the award-winning Move the Six podcast. The show is hosted by me, Daniel Jeremiah, and my partner, Bucky Brooks. The two of us bring knowledge from careers as NFL talent scouts to the podcast world so fans can watch and understand the nuances of the game like never before. After the Super Bowl, it's draft season. If you want to go in-depth on this year's prospects and learn what makes the top players stand out, there's no better podcast than Move the Sticks. We'll break down film from the professional and college games so you can know which player to look out for when the football season returns next fall. 
You'll learn a ton about the NFL, and I promise we'll make it fun along the way. We'll have several new episodes dropping each week, and you don't want to miss a single one. Subscribe now and listen to the Move the Sticks podcast on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From Cavalry Audio comes the new true crime podcast, The Shadow Girls. I always wanted to know what it felt like to kill somebody. Prosecutors described him as a serial killer savant, picking up these girls, getting them in a position of vulnerability. When he got a hold of their neck, that was it. I'm Carolyn Osorio, a journalist and lifelong resident of the Pacific Northwest. I grew up near the banks of the Green River and in the shadow of the killer that bears its name. How many times did you bring the camera to one the river? Time. Just one time. One time. He started fantasizing about having sex with his mother. Then he fantasized about killing her. But this podcast isn't only about tracking down the killer. It's about the victims. We stayed in the woods. He always liked to go to the woods. She was just, to all of us, kind of strange. You know how he feels about prostitutes? Listen to The Shadow Girls on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, welcome back. We're talking with journalist Whitney Bauck about the rise of evangelical Christian TikTok. So for your story, Whitney, you spoke with a couple young creators, and they really emphasize that their faith and this content is intended to be apolitical. They don't want to be associated with conservative TikTok, which some people might assume because they're Christian that they might also be conservative. Why do you think they were so emphatic to point that out? I think that the way that evangelicalism in particular has become linked to Trump in the U.S., is troubling for a number of these teenagers. And it's not necessarily that they aren't even Republican or that they wouldn't identify as conservative in other ways, but there are things about sort of Trump and the white nationalism that has been linked to that man that they don't necessarily want to be um, associated with. And so that's why they'll make statements about being apolitical, even if really, if you watch a lot of their videos, like you could probably guess where many of these people fall on the political spectrum, but they try to avoid usually like endorsing a specific candidate or things like that. Yeah, what I found very fascinating in your piece was your interview with Josh Harris. So he was essentially a Christian influencer before influencers were a thing. What's his story? So he was a homeschooled kid who was the son of a pastor who spoke a lot about homeschooling and to the homeschooling community. And so he would travel with his dad when he was a teen and go to these big conferences where all of these homeschoolers would come together. Homeschool does not necessarily mean the same thing as evangelical Christian, but those communities are really deeply linked to one another. And so through this, he sort of got exposed to this really big audience, even in sort of the pre-internet age and grew a lot of popularity that way, was speaking to really big crowds of young people. And he was sort of translating the ideas that he was receiving from adults into a format that really worked for teens. And so from that sort of popularity, he started his own magazine that he was sort of self-publishing and then went on to write a book called I Kissed Dating Goodbye, which sold over a million copies and really reshaped how a whole generation of Christians thought about relationships and marriage and sex and dating. Uh, And what does he have to say about his youth as an activist looking back now? He has renounced that book. He has halted print. He made a documentary um, with a filmmaker that was basically talking to a bunch of people who had been influenced by his work and saying that it's not quite as easy to say, like, this is all bad. I think he can recognize there are ways that it was useful to people. And some of those people have, you know, continue to thank him. And there are also people who say, like, this really screwed me up 
And uh, you were too young to know what you were talking about. And you, you sort of claimed this authority and the church gave you this authority or the community gave you this authority that was actually really harmful to a number of people. So at this point, he's sort of stepped away from that. And also at this point, has also stepped away from his faith, at least as he used to articulate it. So one thing that I took away from your piece was that Gen Z is going through kind of all the same things that we as millennials did at their age. They're exploring big ideas like faith and purpose, but the stakes for them seem maybe quite a bit higher and certainly more public because of social media platforms. You know, they can go from being an anonymous person expressing their view on religion to having hundreds of thousands of followers almost overnight. Does it seem like that's maybe too much pressure for a young person to be experiencing? I mean, I think it's interesting if you talk to these kids because they'll both, you know, acknowledge like this is a lot of pressure and this is, you know, I want to be careful with this. and I want to be careful with sort of what I'm given. But I think it's, you know, it's the same as any kid who sort of gets famous in the influencer economy today. And it's not necessarily different as a religious person than as a non-religious person. I think that the stakes being high does have to do with the nature of the way that religion sort of so deeply shapes who we become if we're sort of immersed in those cultures. So I think a lot of the kids in these spaces would say this is this is tricky and I want to do this well, but it's also not so bad that I would say this isn't worth doing. They would just say it's something to be careful of. Just because there's a danger doesn't mean I shouldn't do it. Got it. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Yeah, it's my pleasure. That's it for today. Come back and join us on Monday. And remember, if you see any of the hosts of this show roaming around a high school trying to get Instagram followers, just know we're just trying to do our best. We are really just trying our best. BuzzFeed Daily is produced by Dan Bauza, Alan Haberchak, Julia Karen, and Erica Nedanin. Special thanks to Samantha Hennick and Tommy Wesley. Be sure to subscribe to BuzzFeed Daily on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you go for your sound stories. And please take the time to leave us a rating and a review. It helps us figure out what you like about the show versus what you love about the show. And remember to come back for more of what you love about BuzzFeed coming to you daily. Hello, hello. Hey, I don't know if you heard, but my podcast, Checking In, has been nominated for the NAACP Image Award in the category of Outstanding Lifestyle and Self-Help Podcast. I'm grateful for the nomination. I, I almost didn't even do a podcast because I was just wondering, there are thousands of podcasts out there and why is my voice needed? But a nomination from the NAACP lets me know that um, I made the right choice. And I encourage you to do, don't worry if there are thousands of something out that you want to do. No, nobody has your sauce. So listen, you can still vote. Go to vote.naacpimageawards.net. You have until February 5th, um, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And please listen to my podcast. We're a part of the Black Effect Podcast Network on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for checking in. Hello and welcome to our show. I'm Zoe Deschanel and I'm so excited to be joined by my friends and castmates, Hannah Simone and Lamorne Morris, to recap our hit television series, New Girl. Join us every Monday on the Welcome to Our Show podcast, where we'll share behind the scenes stories of your favorite New Girl episodes. Each week, we answer all your burning questions like, is there really a bear in every episode of New Girl? Plus, you'll hear hilarious stories like this. 
Fun that fact. was one of your things too. you brought back from Latvia. Yeah, I brought back because a hoop. all professional <laughs> basketball players. Yeah, it's like a little <laughs> seven foot hoop. Yeah, listen to the Welcome to Our Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Open to all teams and players, the NFL's Inspire Change Initiative acknowledges the ways that systemic racism contributes to barriers to opportunity and equality and focuses on ongoing efforts on creating progress in the areas of education, economic advancement, community and police relations, and criminal justice reform. To learn more about the NFL's commitment to ensuring a more equal and just future, text NFLIC to 635-635. It takes all of us to advance social justice. 